Okay, if you've got a Bible, turn to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Uh, next week, I think Nick is bringing uh, a psalm to us as well, Psalm 40. So we're going to be in the Psalms for a few weeks. Psalm uh, 16. Uh, it's entitled uh, Miktam of David, which I'll talk about in a short while. So Psalm uh, 16. Some Bibles coming around. Put your hand up if you need one. We're using the church Bible. That's on page 549. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, they are glorious ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Okay, so raising children is a bit of a challenge. We've had a dedication today, and the reason we pray for the parents and and children, and pray for children in church and everything else, we realise Uh, that uh, the world can be uh, sometimes a scary and dangerous place. It's also a good place. Uh, It's it's one where God can reign, uh, and as Christians go about doing his work, then he surely will. But when when we had our children, uh, one of my jobs was the steriliser. Hands up if you've ever had been the steriliser duty. Duty, it was a lot. It's interesting, it's the dads, a lot of it, it's a lot of it's the dads. And the problem with the steriliser duty, it was the last thing we did before we went to bed. So you've had no sleep, it's 11 o'clock at night, and now you've got to fill the steriliser up, and you're tired, and you're vulnerable, and I can feel the, the um, you know, you feel for my feelings in this, you know, Andrea did some stuff as well, but I had to do the steriliser. <laughs> I had to do the steriliser, and that was the last thing at night, and I was tired. And so when we had Kaylee, um, I had the little tweezers, and I didn't touch anything, because if you touch it, it could get infected or there's some germs or whatever it was. So I had these little plastic uh, uh, gripper things um, and I'd put them in and I'd do it and then I'd you know, measure it all and, I'd, and I've, touched, I've touched one, I've touched a bottle. It's contaminated. That's the lot. Get them all out again. This is exactly what I did. I'd wash them all up. I'd wash them again, had that little brush that went in the bottles, did it all, got the tweezers. I was extra careful this time. It's now 11.30 and I'm really, really tired. And I put them all in and finally it was done. Harry was born. Dummy got dropped on the floor, pick it up. There you go, mate, you'll be fine. (laughs) We gave up trying to protect them from absolutely everything. And later, you let them loose a bit. That's quite difficult as a parent. You've got to let your kids flourish. I mean, you want them to flourish. But all of a sudden, they start coming home from nursery or school. Or, or it's a first-time babysitter. I remember we did that. And it, you know, we only went over the road. And we, kept, we kept popping back to see how Katie was. They come back from school and they le- they've learnt stuff, how dare they, that you didn't teach them. That, I remember that. Who taught you that? The teacher. Who's the teacher? I didn't like it. Started coming home knowing things I hadn't told them. 
Then they start swimming, but don't swim at the deep end, swim at the small end, let me stay with you. I'm going to protect you. But Dad, I can swim 20 lengths now, I'm 21. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Trust me. Trust me. Walking to school on their own. That was a big step. I remember when I started walking to school on my own, my my mum still says, you was never on your own. I was always following behind you. I think she's fibbing. Uh, I never saw her. But anyway, walking to school on your own. All of these things are a gradual release of responsibility. And in some ways, and pretty much in every way, I wanted to control that environment. And why wouldn't I? Because they're my children. And I want to protect them. And I want to wrap them up a little bit in cotton wool. I wanted to make plans for all circumstances. But then, of course, that stunts growth because children sometimes have to make their own mistakes or learn their own way. You can't effectively cover every single eventuality that may go on with children and even us as adults. We cannot control everything. And it carries on with life. There's a, there's a need in me that I want everything to run smoothly. I don't like it when things don't run smoothly. And probably you're all the same, you know, and some people cope with change better than others, but I like things to run smoothly. Sometimes when things don't go quite to plan or obstacles are put in the way, Uh, And the temptation is to kind of, oh no, give up or run or surrender. Because maybe we've been brought up sometimes to think, actually, life's going to be great all the time. And the fact is, it's not. There's a whole industry, my daughter works within it, built to cover you when things go wrong. The insurance market is global. You can insure against anything. You can insure your cars. You can insure your homes, your holidays, your jobs. More recently, because they're so expensive, your phones. They need to be covered for every event. event. You can even insure your insurance. You know, do you want to protect your no-claims bonus? So if you have a crash, it won't get... Oh, I'll have another insurance on top of the insurance then. I'll do that because we're so... Get concerned. I'm not saying that don't go out and cancel your insurances. I'm just saying we have this mindset that I've got to prepare for every eventuality. We want our insurance cover. We want something to say we're going to be... Okay, but the reality, what about the reality in life, in death, and for eternity? Can we ensure against every eventuality? Can you cover yourself? Can you control the environment yourself and cover absolutely anything? And this psalm that David wrote that we've read speaks of a life walking with God. It speaks of his identity, it speaks of God's guidance, of God going before him, of a destiny, there's actually a messianic uh, phrase at the end which we'll look at, and then finally of worship. You know, the only response can be to worship God. The title of the psalm, if you look in your Bibles right at the top, says, it says, uh, a miktam of David. Anyone know what a miktam is? You shouldn't because there's not an exact, um, there's not an exact interpretation, but the nearest we get, it resembles a word that they used for cover. So it's the covering of David. Effectively, you could say that. And I can look at my life, and you can look at your life, and you should do that now. And I look back, and you look back, and I, look, uh, uh, I see things that happened, and I can see where God has been there. I can see how far I've come, but I can also get a realisation of how far I need to go. And it's the same for you as well. When I look back, I can see that God had me covered in all sorts of circumstances where I got myself in trouble. And when I look forward, even though I don't understand so much, I have to trust him because he has me covered. He's got me. I'm his and he is mine. And that offer is open for everybody. Even though, I confess, I don't understand everything. There are things happening that I just don't get. I don't understand them and I have questions. But I have to have faith 
and I have to have faith to move forward because God has me covered. I can't take an insurance policy out for absolutely everything that's going to happen in my life. But God has me covered, and he has me covered for eternity. He's got that for you as well. You don't even have to pay a premium because someone paid it for you, which we remember around the communion table. And as you look back and you're thinking, how did we ever get through things? There's probably things in your life that you got through that you thought you wouldn't get through. Here you are. He had you covered all that time. He's promised that he's got your future covered as well. There'll be setbacks and challenges. Things won't always go the way you want. You can't plan for absolutely every, every eventuality. It could be health. It could be finance. It could be family. But God has you covered. It will be okay in the end. So therefore, we don't have to run away or hide because I can trust that God has me and you can trust that God has you as well. And as a church, as a family, you know, part of what we just did with Sophia is obviously her family brought her and we're dedicating her to God and thanking God. But they're part of a church family as well. And it's a lovely privilege to be able to do this as a minister and take a dedication or, or, or a baptism or a wedding, even a funeral in a Christian context because we're family. We're family. And as a church, there have been fantastic times in, in the past history of this church. There's been some difficult times as well. Some uh, have really seen it through and persevered, and some have chosen to go. But the Bible calls us to be steadfast, to be certain, to realise that Jesus is head of his church. And he will see us through. And the reason he'll see us through is like David, and like you and like me, he has us covered as long as we keep acknowledging him. And September, as we've already start, uh, said, is like the start. It's no, it's no big magical thing about September. Uh, it, it doesn't really feature any kind of the Christian calendar. It's not Christmas, Easter, harvest, or anything like that. But in ministry, it's like the start of the new season. It's the start of the new season. Because everything kind of wound down in August. We had all those services. They were shorter. All the groups stopped. There wasn't much going on in the building, whereas normally it's really busy during the week. But September starts, and you, I've got meetings coming up, and it's all happening again, and, it's all gonna, and you're all going to go back to work, you've had holidays, and it, you can feel it a bit. September in church life is like the start to a new year. Um, August, a lot of our activities stop, and then September hits, it all starts to get going. But as we approach this new season, as we look forward to Nick coming next week, as we look back to our last AGM, which was a real blessing to us, and forward to the next one. Ever looked forward to an AGM? I can't wait. It was so good. I loved it. I can tell you did as well. It's brilliant. (laughs) But as we're thinking, look at these decisions that we've got to make as a church. A potential new associate minister. A church meeting coming up. Church growth. Seeing new families. Thinking about our building, our premises, and how they serve the ministry of the church. Thinking about our services and how they can attract people who don't already come. New structures, thinking about our character and how we want that to grow. You can feel overwhelmed, sometimes I do. But God has us covered, just as he did in the past, he will in the future. He's gone before us, we're not alone. God is with us, that's the cry of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. And he is with us. I haven't haven't insured against every eventuality. There's things happen in my life, and I'm sure in yours as well, that you just didn't, you didn't, Buy into this. It wasn't part of your plan. God has you covered. And he has us covered as a church as well, so we can move forward with confidence. What do we need to do to actively walk in that covering, to actively know his guidance and his presence? Well, I've got four things, and they're not really that long, so we're going to whiz through them. 
But I want you to uh, think about them during the week as we come to communion, a recommitment as we seek to serve Christ in his church here in Billericay. First of all, there's a priority of God. You can see it on the screen up there. Uh, Verse 2, David says, You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. He puts God in his rightful place. You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Echoed in John's Gospel, when Jesus said, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. And he says, goes on to say, No branch can bear fruit by himself. So we have to put God in his rightful place. Always. To say Jesus is Lord is to put him first. To put him first, for me personally, was the most releasing thing I'd ever done. And I didn't do it from day one. I became a Christian, I was holding on, and there's probably still times when I think, well, I don't really like the direction you're taking me. Uh, But he is Lord. And at first it seemed like it was a burden. I've got to keep all these rules. I've got to do this the right way. I've got to do that. And then But when the Spirit of God comes and starts convicting us of righteousness and of truth on the inside, we become to want to be more like him. Because as I put my trust in him, it was releasing. I didn't have to fight. I didn't have to pick and choose what I wanted to follow or who I wanted to follow. My concerns, I can give to him. Someone said to me recently, Ian, you can have your to-do list in your prayer life, but once you pray to God, it goes on God's to-do list. And he's got it. And he's got you covered. It may not go the way you expect it, but he's got it. And then I have to say, okay, well, I've done that, and I trust him. I've got faith in him, and he will see me through, because like David, he's got me covered, and he's got me this far. And don't we sing that in amazing grace? It was grace that brought me safe this far, and grace will lead me home. There's a future destiny which comes right at the end of this psalm. So if I, or if you, and if we, we need to trust in his love and grace. If I start putting him first, if I start, sorry, if I start not putting him first, then I'm going to begin to worry. I'm going to worry about what others think because I'm not worried about what God thinks. I'll start to get into performance because I want them to think well of me. And then I'll start worrying because I'm not infallible and I will get it wrong sometimes. And then I'm going to lack faith because things are not turning out the way I thought. I'm saying you might be Lord, but I don't actually trust you. And that's the wrong way. David said, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. So we, all of us, have to put our hopes, our desires, even our fears, into God's hands, and he puts it on his to-do list. We're not the ones that are supposed to be worrying and stressing and straining. We have to hand it over to him. Jesus said, cast on me all your burdens and anxieties, and I will give you rest. Rest for your soul. How many of us stay up in the night worrying about things. We've given it over to God. We're not sure how it's going to work out. We've just got to trust him. We have to say, you are Lord. Think about that this morning. He is Lord. We say it easily, but you can swap two words around and I'll say, well, is he Lord? He is Lord. Is he Lord? We must say, he is Lord. And we need to say that as a church and personally as well in all areas of our lives. The second uh, way we can keep on the right track is listening for the direction of God. Verse 7 in that psalm, David said, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. God is speaking to him. God speaks. We talk about this on our Alpha courses. That's really at the end of it in my life and, and should be in yours as well, I'm sure it is. Really all we need to come down to. What is God saying for me? for others, for the church, for my family. 
What is God saying? That's what I need to discern for us as a church. The Holy Spirit, when Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit in John's Gospel, John 16, verse 7, he's talking about the giving of the Holy Spirit. The word used, which is used quite often in the New Testament, is paracleti, and it means one who comes alongside. The NIV translates him as the counsellor. Now, I don't know, if anyone like the Godfather films? No? Oh, okay, two. Okay, so... We've got Don Colleone, then Katie and Nigel. The only ones in this, all of these people, because they wouldn't lie, that have seen the Godfather film. Don Colleone has all his family members, doesn't he? And he, the family is everything, right? But there's one person who's not in the blood family that he turns to for advice, and he's called a certain name. Do you remember it? Well, Dutch, he's a legend. Look at that. Consigliere. It's the person that the the man in charge went to to seek advice. Now, I'm not saying you've got to go and watch the Godfather film or become part of the mafia. In fact, I would preach against that. But the Holy Spirit is the counsellor. He's the one who comes alongside. He's like our consigliere. If I don't don't talk to God or don't listen for God, then I'm not going to know God's will. And the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, which we'll be exploring as we go through the year, is available to everybody who believes in Acts 2, 17 and 18, Peter quoting uh, Joel chapter 2, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And we're going to start this series on cultivating the spirit-filled life and we're going to look at the fruit because we need to get ourselves right first and God will pour out his gifts. And we need to seek the Holy Spirit and his voice the paracleti, we need to dream the dreams, we need to be prophetic and have prophecy spoken as it has been in the life of the church, to have vision, real godly vision, not man-made vision, and move forward in confidence, not having fear but having faith. God promises that he will give these gifts to us and we've got them, they are in the church but we need to exercise them. We need to seek first the kingdom as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Elsewhere he said, ask Seek, knock, and it will be given to you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. We have to have an utter reliance on the Holy Spirit as our counsellor, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside, and have faith in God, the Holy Spirit, to lead us. As I look back, I'm so aware of God's guidance that I didn't discern at the time. But equally in my life, there's people who have given prophecies, and even in the life of the church as well, words and pictures that have been confirmed, and and many of them found after time in in the word and in prayer. God promises to show me and show you and show us the way forward, showing me. He's the guide, the good shepherd, which we spoke about a few months ago. Thirdly, we've got the confidence in God. David said, verse 8, I've set the Lord always before me, Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. If he's the priority, and I've put God and I've said, you are Lord, he is Lord, not is he Lord, he is Lord, and I've got my direction from him, then I can have confidence in him the way forward. You can be confident in life. You're not confident when you're not really sure about God's will. You know, my wobbles, which I have them, I'm not perfect. I'm shaken when when I'm not saying I can't be shaken, I'm shaken when I fear or when I haven't put him first or when I haven't sought first the kingdom. But when I do do those things, when I'm I'm sure of God's direction, then I can't be shaken. Then I do have confidence that he does go before me. He's with me. 
I'm trusting in him in spite of the doubts and the fears. I'll say I'll move forward in faith. And we can do that as a church as well and you can do that personally as well. So the priority, direction and confidence in God leads to one thing. It's our response to him. We must uh, have the worship of God, which is the final slide. Verse 7. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Verse 9. My heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. And I did say I'd bring you to this. This psalm is sometimes called a messianic psalm because Peter and Paul, in different parts of the New Testament, quote the last part. Peter in Acts 2, 25 to 31, as he's explaining the coming of the Holy Spirit to those that didn't know what was going on. Um, and then um, uh, talking about Jesus, Paul in Acts 13, 35 to 37. He's in Pisidian Antioch, teaching in the synagogue. He points to this, this psalm. He points to it. Therefore my heart is glad, my tongue rejoices, my body also will rest secure. Because now, now, now it's becoming for Jesus. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One See decay, Jesus was rose again. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And what that means is we do all these things and we've given our lives to Christ. We share in that destiny. You're never alone. You're never alone. Whatever's going on, you can have confidence because God is with you. He's been with you all those times before and he's going to go before you in all the times to come. And you can't take out an insurance policy for every eventuality. But God has you covered. He will see you through to the end for eternity. So as we move forward, we can think about things in the church or our lives or my life. We can talk about associate ministers and buildings and members meetings and ministry, personal things. I'm a dad. There's mums and dads out there or son and daughter. Maybe it's position in the workplace. Maybe it's character. You can't ensure about really any of those things or how they're going to turn out. You can only do your best, but you need to know that God has you covered. We must put God first. God as our priority, as we seek direction from him, having confidence in him and worshipping him. You know, all of us, if you've given your life to Christ, have an eternal destiny. You're a child of the king. You're a child of the one who's full of love, full of grace. You're going to have dreams, you'll have hopes, and you'll have fears. And you can give them all to him, and he puts them on his to-do list. He holds you in his hands. He doesn't let you go. And as we stay close to him, he's got us. Whatever you're going through later today or tomorrow or the weeks or months, years ahead, God has you. He promises to guide you, to counsel you. He goes before, uh, before you like he's gone for you in the past. He's been there for you. And it's time for us as a church, as we move forward in this new season, to trust, time to obey, time to seek first the kingdom. Amen.